welcome to More Than Money. We wish that for you every Saturday morning. We wish that for you every single day of your life. May the good Lord be with you down every road you go. Specifically this morning, some of the roads that you may travel may very well be slick. Uh, Alyssa put in half a day's work yesterday, went off to a grocery shop, and then came out to slick highways because that last little burst of very fine snow after lots of plowing had been done, uh, settled down on lots of the secondary roads, and there's a lot of slick spots. The main roads are in pretty darn good shape, mm-hmm. uh, 3322. We didn't have any trouble at all, but this morning, please be careful. Driveways, be careful. Parking lots, be careful. Sidewalks, be careful. We uh, We care about every single one of you, and we don't wish to lose any of you. It's hard enough to get you to come show up, you know? It's hard enough to find you. Losing you makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-mm. And plus, actually, we we really like all you folks. <laughs> we really do. When we say we, uh, Leslie Young joins me, John Elliott at the board. So we are as a team bringing you more than money this morning. It is a absolutely beautiful day out there, particularly if you're on the inside looking out. And particularly if you did not get up at oh, dark 30. By the way, O-Dark 30 actually came about an hour and a half after I got up. And probably pretty similar. Well, I know for John, O-Dark 30 came um, probably four hours after he got up. He was here nice and early this morning for Bobby Gunther Walsh and Doc Levy and Dr. Teichman. So if you've been with uh, WAEB this morning, welcome. Continue right on for the next hour and 52 minutes. We're going to be answering your questions. In a moment, I'll give you three different ways that you can join us. And the most appreciated way, the one that if you want to uh, get into the good graces of uh, Ms. Alyssa Young, um, is the icebreaker call. Icebreaker call is the first call of the show that kind of sets the tone, opens the floodgates, gives everybody else a demonstration of how it all works. And that's 833-707-7900. That's toll free from wherever you're listening whether you're down south, whether you're in California, whether you're in the upper Midwest or anywhere on the East Coast, our show is coast to coast and border to border. And we have listeners in so many states I have currently lost track. Last I checked, it was about 17, but I'm sure it is more now. 833-707-7900. If you've got questions about anything in your financial life, it could be a retirement question. Social Security, Medicare, it could be IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, SOBs. It can be any of those initial groups. It can be income tax issues. Diane, if that is her real name, typically listens in. From the shadows, <laughs> from the shadows, and, and, and she will often deign to give us her opinion, her confirmation or not on tax issues by text, usually to Alyssa, because she doesn't trust me to pick up my text. (laughs) Uh, So if you've got tax questions, we're perfect. Investment questions. How about that? We actually do investments on occasion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, A big Big part of that. (laughs) Exactly. So if you're concerned about the new Bitcoin ETFs, or if you've got some concern about how to protect your investments through the volatility of this... uh, uh, election season, which promises to be, what's the right word? Oh, yeah, stupid. Um, yeah, we're here. 
We're here. Uh, 833-707-7900. If you wish, if you would prefer to give us more detail, then you can send us emails. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. They all work very very well. And of course, if you're a little further afield or gosh, the signal this morning is not quite as good as we had hoped. Uh, it's easy to get crystal clear re- reception for more than money through the miracles of modern technology and iHeartMedia. You go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. You hit the magic red button that appears every morning every morning, every Saturday morning around 8.05, and that gives you full access to the entire show, Crystal Clear, wherever you have Internet. So if you have friends, uh, gosh, maybe they're in Kansas this morning. I spoke to a a young lady that uh, I've known for many, many years, and she's just one of the best on the planet. She has now um, these many years uh, married and has two children of her own, and we met her when she was, I think, 15 just a wonderful girl, but she said last week, uh, I believe last week, uh, they did not cross zero. <laughs> so it's cold oh. out there. If you know somebody who's uh, really, really cold, call them up. We'll warm them up. We'll give them some reasons to be optimistic and put a smile on their face, um, even though uh, any entertainment value they might find from the show, I'm absolutely convinced is accidental. <clears throat> just doesn't. So, uh, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Works very, very well. Hit the live, listen live button. You've got it. And if you've got questions during the show, you um, just hit the Ask Gene button. It works very, very well indeed. 833-707-7900. So, you put in half a day yesterday, right? People are, are going to think I'm a, a slacker when you say that. Well, uh, let's see. You got there uh, oh dark 30 and you left what time yesterday? 5 p.m. 5 p.m. So for this young lady, that's about a half a day. <laughs> well, half a day in the office and then, then you proceeded to go back to work. You went grocery shopping mm-hmm. and home and making stuff. Grocery shopping, dinner, dishes, a little laundry, a workout, and a cheesecake Cheesecake, cheesecake. Mm-hmm. cheesecake. Huh. Um, you know, there are a lot of recipes for cheesecake. Did is there a particular uh, <laughs> direction you uh, you achieved with your cheesecake? I chose a recipe from Snoop Dogg's cookbook. <laughs> from crook to cook. Uh, that's right. And the name of the cheesecake recipe is Hustle Hard Chocolate <laughs> Cheesecake. <laughs> and every recipe in the cookbook has a little intro. Written by Snoop Dogg. Nice. And this one says that Puff Daddy, you know, the rapper Puff Daddy, you know, Puffy, he used to send people around New York City to find him the best cheesecake. And Snoop says it was the best cheesecake was always in California where he Uh. is. And so now that he goes, now that I'm sharing this recipe... Mm. The best dessert ain't an East Coast thing or a West Coast thing. <laughs> it's um, a worldwide thing, and it's coming straight to your kitchen. That's what the recipe wow. says. <laughs> so you're saying Snoop Dogg's thing is coming coming to my kitchen? That's right. That sounds that sounds very inappropriate. That and sounds... I'm also making an Anapasta salad for tonight. That is a Snoop Dogg recipe. I made it for a party a couple of weeks ago, and Why? it is delicious. Why are you against pasta? Pasta's great. 
Why are you anti-pasta? I'm not anti-pasta. Excellent. So you um, half a day in the office, half a day at home. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, Nazo Nut has been sold. Yes. We uh, we broke the news, what, a week or may- maybe two, but I don't think so. I think a week ago that that Nazo Nut was on the market and we went, oh, what is this? And and right away, bang. And here's a picture of the new owner making donuts this morning. Fosh So she's already in training. Wow, that's fantastic. Yep. yep. Uh, so we wish them the best. Hope they keep cranking out delicious donuts because we think they're the Oh Best. yeah, we, we <laughs> not that we sample every single no. time. <laughs> not, that, not that we've leaned into a donut or two. Uh, and when I say we, me. Anyway, um, yes. Uh, when when Alyssa goes just crazy, she'll have like a quarter of a donut. Yeah, right. That's crazy talking. Uh, so yeah, we. I this, wish I had more self control around donuts. Um, I look at them. And- she claims that's the reason why she runs 2,000 miles a year is so she can eat a donut. That's what she claims. That's <laughs> uh, You guys are going to have to meet her, talk to her yourself. And <laughs> and the rumor that Snoop Dogg's uh, chocolate cheesecake has cannabis in it, it's a rumor. It's just a rumor. That's the man's right. a crook. He's a, he's, there was no cannabis. That, Promise. Chocolate wafer cookies for the crust, dark chocolate chips, cream cheese. Sour cream, vanilla, sugar, confectioner sugar, no no cannabis. No cannabis. <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, uh, Bitcoin ETFs that have now been on the market for a little over a week, um, you would think ETFs would perform. It's a spot Bitcoin ETF. They should all perform about the same. They have not. Apparently, the BlackRock ETF has outperformed all the others, and there is a Kind of a head scratcher is why is that? And uh, BlackRock, as uh, lots of folks know, have uh, connections across the across the industry. And the current working theory is that they have so many friends in the stock brokerages that they, when given the choice between the I think eleven uh, Bitcoin ETFs that are available now, they push BlackRock, and that has through the <clears throat> miracles of uh, supply and demand. Uh, probably the only thing you remember from your economics 101 class <laughs> um, that there was a demand and that that has pushed the price higher. This is uh, it's interesting. BlackRock has its own reputation and its own issues there. Uh, you'll draw your own conclusions about that. Other facts that uh, folks lean into salesmen, salesmen lean into selling a particular company for a particular reason. You'll You'll draw your own conclusions there. Um, but the reason to highlight that is that there, uh, as, as much as we would love to believe that all uh, markets are efficient, it's, a no, it's an open market. It's a free market. You can buy and sell what you want. If you're looking carefully at these things, why would you pay more for BlackRock when you could pay less for Vanguard? If you expect it has better management, lower expense ratio. Yeah, if you expected all that, and then if you actually took five minutes <laughs> to find out that there is no management, mm-hmm. zero management, mm. it is run by an algorithm. Mm-hmm. There's a computer going, I'm sorry, how? <laughs> no, that was how. No, no, I guess, well, Scarlett Johansson, wasn't she the voice? Anyway, um, Exactly. It's so the connections just go like fire, wildfire. (laughs) Bottom line, um, 
it, it, there is no management, so there's no differential. Okay. And the fees on Vanguard are much lower than BlackRock's. Wow. So is it the name? It's the name, and it's being pushed. Okay. It's being pushed. So, but that happens in lots of different areas. There are things that yeah. people get very excited about. Uh, we've been saying for years, when you hear advertisements on radio, TV, anywhere about um, some reasonable uh, facsimile of a, a typical investment, real estate. Mm-hmm. We're going to invest in real estate. We're going to invest in a company that buys homes and renovates homes and flips homes, that kind of thing. There's a there's a expectation both of return and risk. And if you hear a promotion from a company acting in that environment that uh, is exceedingly different in terms of either their return or their risk, you got to wonder why. Sure. Uh, and and it becomes, in time, it becomes painfully obvious. Um, you can discover the answer kind of hidden in, in the statement of they claim to be exceeding, exceedingly better either in, in terms of return or risk or both. Mm-hmm. You can make 10, 12, 15% with absolutely no risk. No, you can't. It's just that simple. So if somebody came to you and said, I have a real estate investment, I think we're very, very good at this. I think typically real estate investments are going to return 8 or 9%. I think because we're really good at this, I think we can squeeze out another 1%. Same kind of risk, but a little better return. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Yes. Or typically you make 7 or 8%. I think we're going to take a lot less risk. We're going to make about 6 Okay, that makes perfect sense. Risk and reward has that balance. But reality is <clears throat> we're going to take no risk whatsoever and make you 12%. Poo-poo caca. <laughs> okay, speaking of poo-poo caca, we, I received an e- uh, email, a text. Uh, I don't know. Ex- actually, I think it was an email. Uh, after last week's show, I shall not read the entire thing. I shall read the beginning and the ending. Okay. I am extremely disappointed in Eugene. Uh-oh. That's how it started. And the ending was, have a great weekend. <gasps> <clears throat> you know what? Um, I am absolutely willing uh, to have my butt kicked by someone who has that kind of, I don't, is it a sense of humor? Is it just a lightheartedness? Of, he was very upset with me disagreed vehemently with something I said on air. Excellent. I appreciate that. I appreciate the courage in, in mm-hmm. coming because he absolutely knows it. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. But I could be wrong. I'm not. But I could have been wrong. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Bottom line was he was very clear, very extremely clear, very pound the table clear. Have a great weekend. Wow. Yeah, so I love that. Respectfully. Oh, no, it was great. Come on. <laughs> disagree, please. We do that all the time. Sure. And um, again, doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong or he's right or wrong. It's just there were two guys that we have, of we're sitting on. Um, I have read a book recently that was recommended by my good friend Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Basak. Belsack. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. It was too easy. It was too easy. <laughs> Uh, Mark Belsack uh, uh, by Scott Adams on reframing, how to reframe your brain, how to how to re how to think about things in a different way, and one of the things that he describes in terms of disagreements, 
that I found very interesting and very insightful was uh, you and I experience the exact same situation. We go through an, an hour meeting or an hour, an hour encounter with a client, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we come out, and of course, we've seen exactly the same things, and we're very bright people, and we're very observant people. So, of course, we agree on what we saw. Mm. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Different perspective might be a different uh, translation. or uh, yeah. Because everything that brought you to this point in your life, everything that brought me to my point in this point in my life, uh, filters mm-hmm. what we experience. So he refers to it as two people watching the same movie screen, but seeing two movies. Oh, interesting. So you might be seeing, you know, Gone with the Wind, and I'm seeing Star Wars, and you're going. <laughs> um, so when Rhett, Rhett who? Was that R2-D2? Are you talking about R2-D2? <laughs> no. I'm, so when Scarlet, Scarlet, no, that was uh, Princess Leia. And you're going, why are you so wrong? Mm. You're not wrong. You, you have seen and interpreted a different, you've seen the same thing, but you've interpreted it in a different way. And as a result, you haven't seen the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we can disagree. Sure. We can disagree and still have a great weekend. <laughs> I was very impressed. I was very, very impressed. Um, okay. I, I need to edit this so that it's not um, walking over anybody's privacy. Okay. Individual sends us an email. I have a major financial event. When I say major, we're measuring it in millions of dollars. Okay. Sounds major. At the end of this week. I'd like to get an opinion on how to make sure I fill in the blanks. Okay. So. (laughs) This just uh, come up all of a sudden like uh, winning the lottery? Um, (laughs) Something that that, uh, unexpected? Even if it were winning the lottery, even if Wednesday you got the Powerball ticket and you go, I'm going to get five million bucks, mm. you ain't getting it by Friday. True, right. <laughs> and if you're smart, by the way, for all of you, and, and I pray for all of you that that you you win the lottery, and if that is if that is your goal, hmm. and that you win millions, I hope. If and if you do so, I hope you do it intelligently. We have had um, uh, the experience many times of of counseling folks who have won lotteries or other forms of, of gambling winnings. And it's, it's run about 50, 50 mm-hmm. folks who have been goof heads and the money is now gone. Mm-hmm. And the folks who have said, this is literally a gift from God. We are not going to blow it. And they haven't, and they've done wonderfully well. So it's a flip of the coin. But if you do keep in mind, you don't have to panic. You don't have to do anything quickly. Secure that ticket and protect it in safety deposit box or some other way that you are very, very comfortable with. And then take a deep breath, talk to a financial advisor, talk to a tax accountant, talk to an attorney, get that done. So, um, in, in, in terms of, in terms of major things, even if they seem to be happening very quickly, you probably have a little more time in this particular case, understanding a little bit of the backstory. Months and months and months in advance, they would have known about one of the most major, significant, impactful events, financial events of anyone's life. So this is going to happen in two days. What do you guys got that, and it doesn't mean that we have nothing, but what it 
in terms of strategies, in terms of tactics, in terms of advice, in terms of mm-hmm. ability to help. But it does mean that we are really restricted. We don't have time. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is one of the greatest gifts. <laughs> oh, it really is. And particularly what if, what if, paint the scenario, what if, hey, um, this is very complicated, this is very heavy duty, and I, my number one goal, I don't want to pay the taxes. Okay, here's a way that you cannot pay the taxes. It may not be the best. No, if that's the way, I want to do it. You don't have the time. The client doesn't have the time to fully vet, fully understand, fully explore, fully um, um, question, question Mm -hmm. whether the tax tail is wagging the dog here. Yeah. And one of the comments that I made is uh, pick a number. Let's say it's a it's a five million dollar transaction. And if um, if nothing is available to reduce the taxes, the the tax bill, federal tax bill is going to be roughly what? On five million dollars. Yeah. Oh, like a hundred thousand. How about a million? A, mil- a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're talking. OK, sure. Twenty percent. So roughly a million bucks. So worst case scenario, you do nothing, and yeah, and, and you, you walk end up away with four million. Oh, geez, I only got four million bucks. <laughs> that doesn't even seem to. How am I going to get through next week? It's kind of. If that's the worst case scenario, anything you do to build off of that worst case scenario, even minor little things that may only save ten, twenty, yeah. thirty thousand dollars are wonderful. Yeah. They're fantastic. But you've got to have <clears throat> a little more planning opportunity. Yeah, I mean, taxes, like you said, it, when you say the tax tail <coughs> wagging the dog, that's only one component. Um, one way to defer tax might not give you access to the proceeds. And what if that's more important, that you have liquidity, that you need Cash flow. What if if you're going to live off of this? What if, what if, what if? There's a hundred different, inside of 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. sitting with an experienced financial advisor, the advisor will guide this individual to face a dozen different major considerations that they have to be concerned about. Taxes, of course, absolutely. Cash flow. Goals. Risk. Estate risk, of course, um, the impact on their estate, what legacies and, and, and these basic answers will start to take a funnel that's as wide as the universe mm-hmm. and bring it down to a, a handful of three or four or five different actions that would be appropriate in their case and, and go from I'm overwhelmed because of the choices down to I am I am whelmed. <laughs> we were just talking about being well. <laughs> but yeah, you might want to be able to spend more time assessing those options and Yeah, than forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. That lets you join us. Icebreaker call still welcome. And of course, considering that at the house this morning. Uh two days ago it was six degrees, so today was pretty Ugh. balmy. It was twenty two. It was just not bad at all. Ugh. But it's still freezing out there, so Breaking the ice is something that you uh, want to do both outside and on the phone. Mm-hmm. 833-707-7900. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. We'll take your calls, your emails after this on More Than Money. 
But everything matters. Everything matters. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, Alyssa Young, John Elliott bringing you our show this morning. You still have one hour and 23 minutes to have your questions asked and answered. How are your rain odds? I don't have it right now. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> well, you have it. It's just not exhibiting it, 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 symptoms. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Diane, if that is her real name, and Alyssa share uh, cold-heartedness. <laughs> Is it? Is that? No, that is not what it means. It isn't. It's, no. Oh, I thought that's what Raynaud's was. No. What? It just means we have a problem with our microcapillaries. <laughs> <laughs> and as and as totally accurate as that is, as, I mean precisely <laughs> and medically correct. It just sounded funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just having trouble with my microcapillaries. <laughs> I'm a microcapillary challenge. It's, it's, it's a challenge mm. uh, on the micro level <laughs> for my capillaries. <laughs> well done. Well done, you. Oh, wow. uh, 833-707-7900. Uh, icebreaker call still very much welcome. Alyssa at askmtm.com, gene at askmtm.com. I want to thank everybody who sent emails this week. Gosh, a ton of them. We will cover as many as we possibly can. Uh, of course, phone calls go to the top of the list. Current emails, if you email uh, Alyssa or myself, mm-hmm. uh, they will go to the top of the list as well. But a young lady wrote, my apologies, a gentleman wrote, my wife and I are both retired. Uh, I'm a number of years older than her. That is so weird. Oh my God. Um, we are living on my pension and social security. When I pass away, she'll get my full social security, but not my pension. Okay. She will get a lump sum payment from my pension. Mm-hmm. We do have several hundred thousand invested, no debt or mortgage. My question is how can we invest our money so she will have income besides my social security when I pass? We checked out annuities and don't like all the sales pitches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So where do we start? Hmm. Well, I think we should address the annuity sales pitch observation. Um, It doesn't have to be that way. So uh, if a solution that you're looking for is guaranteed income, uh, an annuity is very likely a good um, option to consider but you could do it without a sales pitch. But he he doesn't like annuities. He, he thinks he, he doesn't, doesn't like annuities. Ah, now isn't that an interesting reframe? He doesn't like annuities is what appears to be the case, but he doesn't think he likes annuities. Does he like his pension? Yes. He does? Yes. <laughs> but But how can that be? Because a pension... Is an annuity. That's exactly the problem. It's the framing, uh, the presentation of the annuity. So if it's presented in the right way and not as a sales pitch, you might realize that, oh, it's like creating a pension for my wife. Um, so mm. I think it's a having that discussion with a different approach, mm. a different mindset, different, um, you know, information. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I, I would strongly recommend revisiting that to understand exactly how it could be a solution. Do we understand his um, disgust at the sales pitches? Oh, yeah. My goodness. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, sadly, we have counseled so very many mm. folks who have been victims of those sales pitches mm-hmm. and now literally, literally hate those people, hate those companies, hate what they did to them. Uh-huh. 
as opposed to um, an annuity that would actually fit. How what what what's what's the the mechanics? What's the process that bridges from uh, sales pitch? I got an annuity. I'm going to stuff down your throat, <laughs> or I've got an annuity that 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 makes sense. Yeah, um, the way that I always approach that conversation or um, that kind of problem solving um, scenario is first identifying the goal uh, that the client has, and in his case, let's say it's like he wants to create. A pension, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking at uh, the assets that they have to work with, right? And then um, also having an understanding of uh, you know other maybe secondary goals, risk tolerance, um, you know like taxes, legacy, those kinds of things. Okay, and time frame. There's lots of things. And then looking at okay, here are a couple of options, mm-hmm. and explaining the how they work and the differences between them kind of looking at pros and cons. I'm doing this exact same thing with, I think, two clients right now that have, actually both of them have existing annuities that we audited and found opportunities to improve Mm -hmm. and said, well, we could go with this route, Mm -hmm. we could go with this route, or something else, Mm -hmm. but here are two that I think best fit. Mm -hmm. Here's how this one's a little different than that one. What do you Pros and cons. Here's all the information Mm -hmm. here, you know, and um, here's an illustration Look at it, think about it, and we'll revisit and discuss and answer your questions. See if it fits. Yeah. And we've taken both of these people, we're taking time. We're not just, it wasn't like you have to sign this today. That's one of the things I hate when people come in and say, oh, you know, my advisor said he has this annuity and I had to sign the papers today because the rates were going to change. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) you know, that's a red flag. So... Um, you know, d- doesn't mean it's bad just because they've been handled or presented to you in a inappropriate way. Now, and in some cases, <clears throat> let's be blunt, they are bad. In some cases, the sales pitches are so egregious. A good word, yeah. yeah thank One you of so our much. faves. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and a, a oppressive and 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 browbeating because the annuity is so bad that you wouldn't take it unless somebody almost forced you into it. If you yeah. knew the facts, there are annuities out there that are so bad that, or let, let, let's paint a slightly less negative, so inappropriate. They're, they're not right for you. Right. They're, the only person they're right for is the commission-earning mm-hmm. salesman. Mm-hmm. So if, if you uh, follow the process, the system that Alyssa has described, you start with... Tell me what you want to accomplish. Now, tell me what resources you have to accomplish that. And we may rather easily come to the conclusion that you should not do an annuity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we may rather easily come to the conclusion that an annuity should be considered in, in, in uh, contrast to the other options that you have. I think a lot of folks get really... Um, disturbed and and i think appropriately so with feeling like well we we had no other choice Mm -hmm. we have no other choice in the financial world there's almost always almost always another choice so could you turn to Alyssa when she's explained you an annuity and all the benefits that you might get say but i i think if we just get like a solid five percent return kind of year in and year out, that will be just fine. 
could you do that without an annuity? And what would your answer be? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. It, it, it it depends on how how certain you need that to be. The, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. But but is it, it, it outside an annuity is a five percent net annual rate of return a reasonable yes. goal? Yes. Sure, sure it is. Is it guaranteed? No. Ah, now That's... we bumped into something. <laughs> right. So so if this individual's uh, uh, highest priority, I gotta know it's gonna happen. Yeah. I have to know she's going to be okay. We're right back to, you're going to talk about annuities. Right. And there's often the time where as a fiduciary, and and we're going to circle back to this in a moment, uh, as a fiduciary, you've got to uh, present an idea to a client that you already know they don't like, Mm -hmm. but that you know is likely in their best interest. Mm -hmm. We'll circle back to that. But before we do that, 833-707-7900. We have our icebreaker call. Thank you, Elaine. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Um, I'm hoping that not only are you the icebreaker call, but did you also break the icy temperatures outside and you warmed it up for us outside? Uh, I wish. I wish. (laughs) I'm afraid to go outside because I'm going to break my neck on the ice. Stay put. It will melt. Yes. Yes, if we stay there long enough, it will melt. (laughs) How can we serve you this morning? Okay. Uh, You hear about people going into uh, assisted living and that type of thing, selling everything, so on and so on. And in the process, they sold their house. I never hear about anybody going into one of these places um, where they say, I turned my house over to a company to manage it, and now I'm getting rent to help pay for my expenses. Any reason why I don't hear that? Hmm. Wow, that is a fascinating question, Elaine. That is very, very interesting. Uh, I, I would suggest that there are a couple reasons why most people are not uh, discussing that option. Number one, getting into a facility often requires an upfront payment, pretty substantial upfront payment that is almost certainly coming from the sale of their home. So I think that's one of the first reasons. I think the second reason is once they've moved into a facility, either a single person or a married couple, uh, the the, uh, responsibilities of uh, managing, maintaining, uh, making sure their home is okay, even if they're renting it, somebody's got to manage that, et cetera. I think that's a little bit challenging. But okay. I think for certain people, and, and this is an idea that I have, I don't know that I've bumped into before, I think for certain people this would be an excellent idea. It would be able to generate a cash flow off of a very valuable asset that they're very familiar with, and supplement their income in the in the facility, and maybe preserve some legacy. <clears throat> oh yeah, very yes. good idea. Maybe you still have equity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I I I talked to one family, and they have you know they have children and grandchildren, but in their particular situation, they had to turn over everything. So there is no like, let's you say, there mm. is no legacy. <clears throat> if the they, other question. Yeah. yeah go ahead, yeah. please. Okay. No, I, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say yeah. that that turning over everything almost always is a function of how much how how, how many dollars they had, mm-hmm. how much assets they had, 
and and they may have had modest assets, which means, yeah, you got to turn over everything. So uh, being able to hold on to your home would require that you've had assets other than your home that you can do to bridge into the the nursing facility. So um, and and, and God bless them. But your second question is what? Yes. Is there a rating system for these facilities? I mean, some are, um, you know, the care is better. There's a doctor on site, uh, the meals. I mean, everybody's different. But has anybody gone out there and checked them that there's, okay, you're good in this area, but not so much in this area, and this is what the the uh, the prices that you're doing? I mean, is there anything out there that's all in one place that somebody can check this out without going to their little dinners and so on and <laughs> trying to figure it out by themselves. Elaine, that your your question is 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 one of the most excellent and 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 you might wonder how I know that. It's because I don't know the answer to that. Uh, questions oh. I don't know the answer to I find fascinating. So I'm well, going to do homework. You have homework. We'll work on that. I think that if it doesn't exist, I think it should. I think that would be yes. a fabulous service. Uh, but if it does yes. exist, we want to find out so that we can share that with Good. our listeners. We'll work on that. Good. And, and um, hopefully you'll be with us next week and we'll have some information for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. God bless. Oh, you too. God bless. God bless. What a wonderful call. Yeah, that's very thoughtful. Two, um, two exceptionally thoughtful ideas. Yeah. One, is it possible to hang on to your home mm-hmm. and still go into a facility? And the answer is maybe. And that may end up being a very appropriate solution for some people. And then secondly, being able to... Gosh, there are so many facilities in mm-hmm. the area. Um, someone that we all, well, you, I don't know that you've met Aunt Jean, but, but we know very, very well, uh, made that choice a lot of years ago and has been so happy, so very happy. Now, she did all the homework. She did the investigation. She got the referral. She went mm-hmm. and saw. She talked to the people. She was very comfortable before she went there that this was a good choice. And hopefully that works very well for lots of folks, but maybe not. Yeah. That's, there, there are so many differences, uh, both in style. Um, Moravian Hall Square is Nazareth and mm-hmm. kind of in town and mm-hmm. um, kind of part of the community. Uh, Moravian, uh, Moravian Square, no, Moravian Village down in Bethlehem, mm. very different, very different setting, much more of a high-rise kind of a setting. Yep. Um, so uh, style, price, requirements, services. Yep. The, I, the care continuum is one of the things that um, people, you know, tend to focus on as a, you know, my goal is I can go in here at this level and if I need to, um, have more skilled nursing, et cetera. They have every tier available because not mm, every place no. does that. Um, uh, and another item that, and I was on the phone with a daughter of a gentleman who's uh, being cared for. He is approaching running out of funds, <clears throat> which will leave him in the Medicaid scenario. Mm-hmm. Does the facility accept Medicaid? Ah, another good question. And at this point, we don't know that answer. We're going to have to find out. You know, real quick, um, uh, one more idea about this when we talk about um, that entry fee, because you addressed Mm. that with Elaine. Um, Sometimes people 
have this goal of sheltering their assets from a nursing home. Sure. So they, they come into a meeting with our estate planning attorney partner, Keith, and say, you know, I'm going to put my substantial assets into a trust so that my kids get them and that way a nursing home can't take them. Hmm. One of the things that he points out that people don't necessarily think about right away is that that can limit your options. So yes, you have this goal, I want my kids to get my money, but then how do you want to spend hmm. the last five, 10 years of your life? If, you, if you're in a facility or for a long time and you have no money to put up front to get into a place you would enjoy, mm -hmm. you might be stuck in a place that the ratings and reviews maybe are not so mm. great. Maybe they don't have the services that you're looking for. Maybe, it, you know, the, the food stinks. <laughs> but Maybe the geography is really bad. Maybe yes, you'll be you, shipped off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you, you live in, you, you current, your family is in Nazareth and, and your the available bed is in Williamsport. Yeah, exactly. That, that can be a real struggle. But something to think about where having some money to put toward that part of your life might actually be a, a benefit. You know, instead of like, you don't look at it as a bad thing that you're spending money for your care. It might actually put you into a better situation so you're more comfortable. And your children, I assure you, would prefer the latter. Yes. They would prefer to receive nothing and know that in your golden years, you had the best possible life experience. Exactly. They would guarantee that. 833-707-7900. All right. We have our second call of the show. We're going to welcome Sheldon. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How can we help you today? Um, okay. My wife has a annuity to, uh, I guess it's like a, a life insurance uh, company. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming up for a renewal. And uh, well, it was at two percent, which isn't that great. Um, she does the uh, she checked with somebody, a financial, uh, I guess he's a financial advisor or well, representative of the bank. Okay. He uh, he doesn't do annuities, but he does CDs. Okay. You think of because uh, with with this life insurance, she has to call on the phone all the time. Uh, she wants to be able to go in, uh, like a place like she does her banking, and be able to, if there's a problem, uh, sit down with someone. Sure. Um, but they but they only deal with CDs. She don't know anything about CD. You know, like I say, she has an annuity for seven years. It's coming up for renewal. And, uh, uh, yeah, let me see if I can help a little bit. The the 2% is out of the question. You cannot allow her to renew that at 2%. If you're talking right. apples to apples, there are current five year annuities available at 5%. There are shorter term annuities available at three and a half to four percent so you could easily double or triple the the rate of return that she can get something that she's got to be very very careful about is the taxation if she's been in this annuity for seven years she has built up some profit and if she goes directly from an annuity into cds at the bank uh, she will have to pay tax on the gain inside that annuity if she goes from an annuity to a second annuity, maybe 
interacting with a financial advisor that she can sit down with, that she can get questions asked and answered by. Um, she can easily avoid all of that taxation. <clears throat> that will be largely driven by, will she need the money? Will there be a demand for the money in the near term? If she needs the money, then liquidating it might end up being the best possible thing that she can do. Mm -hmm. Put it in CDs. You're going to get a decent rate of return short term. Uh, if she doesn't plan on needing the money currently, then doing an exchange into an, a, a, a new annuity that gives her a higher rate of return is probably in her best interest. But the only way to know is to have her sit with a financial advisor she trusts, have that conversation across the desk. The banker get, get, did her no favors by saying, I don't sell annuities, so you should do CDs. That just makes him nothing more than a shill or her nothing more than a shill and a, uh, and a salesman no better than any other salesman. Uh, but a financial advisor that you trust uh, will compare the options and, and guide her as to the decision that's, that best fits her. Okay. Uh, well, she uh, the, the uh, renewal notice does offer her um, a 3, 5, and 7 at uh, a little under five percent. Uh, yeah, when you would sit, yeah, when you would sit with a financial advisor, you're going to review all of the options, staying where you are, uh, cashing it out, and going to a bank or going to another annuity. So, sitting with a financial advisor is my strongest recommendation because rather than kind of hey, this might be or hey, this might be, you can compare those things side by side. Mm -hmm. So if uh, we can be of service, uh, make sure that you reach out to us. As we approach the top of the hour news, uh, Fox Network News, all the information that we need uh, to be in very good shape. I want to uh, quickly reference back to the uh, earlier email about annuities and the gentleman going, uh, annuities. Yeah. Okay. Um, annuities, yes, have had, in some cases, rightfully, <laughs> a suspect reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, you and I both know that an annuity is nothing more than a tool. Right. It's a financial tool. It's mm -hmm. like saying uh, hammers are very bad things. <laughs> when you want to cut something. Exactly. <laughs> but if you want to pound a nail. It's perfect. Yeah. If you want to pull out your paintbrush and try to pound that nail, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Um, you, you. You can chop down a tree with a hammer, but it's going to take you about 30 days. <laughs> No, thanks. Or you could get a chainsaw and it's going to take you about 30 seconds. So you got to use tools appropriately. But you have to be willing to understand the tools. Mm -hmm. There's a gentleman in our world, uh, Ken Fisher, <laughs> who has uh, determined in his own mind uh, that uh, he would sell an annuity over his dead body. Part of the reason he has determined that is because he can't make any money selling annuities. He makes his money other places. So it makes him, again, nothing more than a overpriced uh, salesman in a really bad suit. Really bad suit. <laughs> uh, Michael Fink is a professor and lots of uh, qualifications at the American College of Financial Services. And he leads the Wealth Management Professional Designated Program. He makes this observation about uh, Ken Fisher. Uh, to an economist, an admission by an advisor, Ken Fisher especially one who aggressively positions himself as a fiduciary that they will never recommend an annuity to a client makes no sense. 
the failure to recommend an annuity is clearly not in the best interest of most retirees. Hmm. Agreed. Pretty powerful stuff. Speaking of powerful, the uh, dance queen getting some dance music to take us out of this segment. One full hour left in this edition of More Than Money, 833-707-7900. Back after this on More Than Money. that for you this morning be very very careful out there it's chilly without a doubt it's almost that chilly here in the studio now uh-huh. right? well okay. um on the break yes craig stevens accuweather report used the word blustery <laughs> and then literally five seconds later i felt blustery air coming out of the air vents and i put my sweatshirt back on <laughs> he is really good I know. <laughs> that guy can really predict he, he can like influence the weather oh inside and out <laughs> Thanks a lot, Craig. How about yeah. let's use balmy next time? <laughs> Please. Well, well done. Well, well done toasty. you, Craig. Yeah. Well done you. Well, it was toasty the first hour. It was. Yeah, I would have whipped off my sweatshirt, but I was too lazy. Well, and now you're glad you have it on and still. I walked back in and went, oh. Yep. Yeah, now I'm toasty. I went with the zip up, so it was easy to transition. Yeah, I got to think <laughs> through that because every week I wear the hoodie and have to dr- rip it on, rip it off. Um, my, uh, my wife, Diane, if that is her real name, um, uh, looking even more beautiful than she usually does because she had, it's a uh, soon to be tax season where she can't get anywhere near her hairdresser and, uh, goes in and gets her hair cut and she looks mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Aww. But she, as we were getting ready for dinner with our family last night, she, uh, uh we had a wonderful dinner with my daughter and her husband and, and Megan, our other daughter. And. And uh, keeping our third daughter in in our prayers down she was in there Atlanta, in spirit, in yeah. spirit indeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like, oh, after I get my haircut, it's so staticky. I said, sweetheart, you have no idea what staticky really is. <laughs> this is staticky. <laughs> if I uh, <clears throat> if I think about taking my hoodie off, my hair just <laughs> plasters. That's all it is. That's oh. all it is. Eight three three. Seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene uh, at askmtm.com. More than money online.com. All those ways you may join us. But if you call, you get to talk to Alyssa. And that's what Fred has done. Good morning, Fred. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you for joining us. How can we help you today? Well, I'm 70 years old. And um, I haven't taken my I haven't taken my Social Security yet. I was waiting till I was 70 to get my maximum. Good for you. Um, when I when I went on the computer to file, um, did all the work, and then it asked me the question: um, You can backtrack um, 
to certain dates Mm -hmm. and um, get a paid lump sum. So I tried calling Social Security, which took an awful long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Finally got somebody to help me, um, which I've been warned you can get different answers. But um, they said that my benefit was going to be $3,814. Okay. And um, if I go the six months back, the benefit would drop to $3,699. But they give me that in a lump sum payment Mm -hmm. of $22,194. And then my benefit would start in January at the lower amount, the $3,699. Right. Um, instead of that. So just playing around with some divisions in that, I saw that. Um, I don't know what the right way to divide it out would be um, to say what's the benefit. She said you'll be shorted, not shorted. She didn't say that. She said you'll get less, $115 less per month. And she said it depends on how long you live, whether it be a benefit or not. So I haven't pressed the button yet for Um, make that decision that's why i wanted to call you good for you for being thoughtful about it and taking some time to consult um yeah you have kind of two options here right you don't take the the backtrack and the lump sum and you get a larger amount every month for the rest of your life or you accept the lower amount and get get a lump sum um one of the benefits of deferring is because that you've increased your monthly benefit. So um, it, it basically, if you kind of go back to that smaller amount and take the lump sum, it's sort of like you, in a way, undo that deferral benefit. Um, one of the questions I would ask you is, Fred, are you married? Yes. Okay. And how? And your wife, is she similar in age, younger than you? Uh, she's younger, but she's collecting now okay. also. She just started. And now, how does her benefit compare to yours? Um, mine's much higher. Okay. So one of the thoughts uh, that we like to talk about when we're making these claiming decisions is remember that when the first of you dies, the survivor only gets to keep one benefit, and the larger it is, the more beneficial it is for that person. Correct. So if you um, think about it that way, you might want to choose not to take that lump sum so that she gets more guaranteed income if she outlives you. Or if she passes first and you only get one Social Security benefit, you want it to be the highest it can be. So that's one thing to think about. Another would be, do you need that lump sum for something major right now? Is there a, a, you know, a, a need for some kind of major purchase and this is the only source of funds you have no it, it's not okay um, let me i ask... was looking at life, life expectancy and ah, go ahead that was my question that. yeah um you know i'm looking at you know my wife could live till she's 80 85 i could live till 75 80 longer you know it's really hard to tell um our health is good um i don't expect living you know Well, if I live in my 90s, I live in my 90s, but um, I know I did the division, and I don't know if this is right, whether I got this mixed up. I I took the difference, the $115 she told me, and took the lump sum, which was $22,194, and divided that by the 115 and came up with 192 months, and that's 16 years 
putting it on to my 70s means I maybe I don't know if I gain or lose when I make it to 86. That's why I'm kind of confused about it. Yeah, you're 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 going down the right path in terms of making this comparison. The idea of where would you break even? How long would you have to live mm-hmm. in order for the taking the lump sum to not be the best choice? It appears uh, what 190 months. That's that's a long time, and and uh, if you live beyond 86, you can rightfully look yourself in the mirror and go, I may not have the most money, but I did really good. I I I won on the most important part, which is I'm still here and I'm still annoying the heck out of my wife and my family. So so that's really good. Another way to look at this, and it's and and it and it may give you some comfort to know that roughly speaking. Either way works out really well, because if you go with the higher number, you get all the guarantees. You get all the I have no more moving parts. Uh, My spouse will get the maximum. Should I die first? Uh, I get the maximum if she passes first. Uh, All those things kind of go off the board and and life is good. If you have this twenty two thousand, it will be taxable. And, and it'll be taxable to you within, in your tax bracket. So what I've done is reduce it down to 20000 net, not because mm-hmm. I know your tax bracket, but because it's easy math. <laughs> and if I'm looking at that 115 difference, if I need to make up that difference from $20,000, I need to make about 6.5% return. Not a, not a necessarily a, a walk in the park, not necessarily a slam dunk, but certainly not out of the question so that if you decided to take the lump sum, take the net, put it in the bank and gener- not in the bank, put it in, in an investment that can give you roughly six and a half percent, you'll be right back to where you are with one exception. The, the Social Security benefits that you receive are cost of living adjusted. Mm-hmm. So the larger your base number, as those adjustments go up, most years they're not that great. But it, as they go up, your overall will go up uh, at a higher rate. Because to be blunt, if you put the 20000 in at 6.5%, the likelihood that you can spend it and have it grow is relatively low. You'd have to take probably more risk than you wish. So if you wanted, based on everything you've told us, the fewest number of moving parts with the most amount of, of reliability, you'd go with the larger number, call it a day, click the box, say, send me my money, and, and, and move it on. If you wanted to make it a little more complicated, you're not going to hurt yourself, uh, I don't believe, by taking the lump sum. But I don't know that you're going to gain anything up, uh, to, to any significant degree either. Right. Uh, that was a good point you just made. I didn't realize that. Um, I, I know we pay taxes on everything, but the 22000 that would be added into my earnings this year. Um, and if I pay 25%, then I'm, I'm going to be closer to 17000 which makes it less interesting. Less interesting indeed. Okay, so the uh, you've given me the answer. I'm ready to push the button and take the um, the higher mountain. Not have to worry about it. I'm glad you called, Fred. I'll, I'll call you when I'm uh, 87 and say, "Boy, Gene, you made the right decision." Ah, Excellent. Fantastic. We look forward to that phone call. 
<laughs> All right. You guys have a great weekend. I really appreciate the good information you gave me. And uh, we both love the show. My wife and I listen. Thank you so much. God bless Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're both just grinning here. This that, that's that's what you pray for when we yeah. get up at O Dark Thirty on a Saturday morning that you can help somebody walk through a challenging question. Mm-hmm. Look at the pros and cons. Ask in I was so happy you talked about health. I was so happy you talked about do you need that lump sum? Because in some cases somebody, hey, I've pushed it off because I know it's what's right for my family, but I haven't really saved very much. And my car's 16 years old. It's only got 47,000 miles on it, but it's 16 years old. And I'm a little worried and I could really use it. That makes, uh, that makes, that changes the yeah. decision tree. But walking through that and just having somebody, uh, in, in Fred's case, us, that you can bounce some ideas off of. Folks mm-hmm. who have seen what other folks have done help guide you. It's, it's pretty rewarding. A lot of people focus on that break even question. Um, and it, and I understand it. It's like they want to make sure they get the most that they can in their lifetime and they don't want the government to keep their money that they've paid in over the years. But one of the things I personally like to focus on is like I tell people don't bet on a short life because you'll be more grateful if you live a long life that you made a decision that's going to benefit you for all the time that you're here. If you die younger than you expect – Oh, well. Hooray, I'm 73 and dead. Yeah, like, who, who who cares? At that point, it doesn't matter to you that you're yeah. not collecting your Social Security anymore. You're gone. <laughs> but oh. if you're still here when you're 88, you're going to be real glad, you know, you have income that, at the higher level. Plus, and- plus, icing on the cake, are you ready? Mm-hmm. They get to join the Happy Healthy 100. Yeah, like we, my grandpa. We're, we're talking about legions. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about legions. We are building a force. That's right. Force to be reckoned with. Your grandpa is 88. Yeah, he'll be 88. Both of his sisters lived till 97. Happy, healthy 100. <laughs> yeah. 100. Yeah. We're right there. And, 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 he, and he's doing good? He's doing great. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. I, I have had lots of very kind folks, folks who don't want me to be delusional. Uh, just remember, we want you. To, yes, we want you to be here until you're 100. But it, you're not in charge of that decision. Oh, I am fully aware of that. I am very, very blessed. Uh, Mom and Dad raised me right, raised me in the church, and I stay in the church. And um, while the church is not the reason I have this belief, uh, uh, as uh, gosh, the young man C.J. Stroud from uh, the Houston Texans who had. Uh, that incredible uh, a game uh, and and got a perfect passer rating. I've never even heard of such a thing. The kid's a rookie. Uh, in his interview, first thing he says, well, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm right. I'm with you, brother. So we'll, we'll do the Happy Healthy 100, and we'll also thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, although our Jewish friends are very welcome, our Muslim friends are very welcome. Anybody that's out there, you want to be happy, healthy, hundred, and you want to have a good, strong faith. Hey, you're not discriminating. Everyone's not. welcome. We're uh, we're watching the screen. We're seeing two different movies, and that doesn't make me right or wrong or you either. You are more than welcome. Happy, healthy, hundred. Uh, it's it's inspiring. It's inspiring and fantastic. <laughs> we're very very blessed. Eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Hi, we're big fans of the show. 
Nice. How about that? Hmm. Um, it's almost a sure thing. You start complimenting us, you're going to get your your question on air. <laughs> it's kind of a basic. Just a tip. Start yeah. your email with a glowing compliment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gunther will do all kinds of stuff on a great. Oh, and there were some nice words. He won't repeat them. I repeat them every single one. <laughs> Uh, but I also got the one where the guy hated me for my answer last week. So uh-huh. I, I'm very even-handed. <laughs> uh, our question is to do with life insurance. We're married seniors. We're in good health. We have minimal bills and a good portfolio that meets our needs. Great. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Huh? Our life insurance policies are valued at $36,000 combined. We paid in approximately 15000 and the cash value is 8500 So death benefit, thirty six. Okay. They've paid in, in total premiums, fifteen. They have cash that they can walk away with of eight and a half thousand dollars. Okay. We're considering surrendering the policies using the cash value for other investments. Our children are grown, really don't need the insurance money when we pass. Our portfolio has enough to carry us until the end. The end. Nice. Do you think this is a good idea or are there better options? Love your show. Great insights. We tune in every week. All right. I'm a little perplexed by those numbers. Why is that? Um, you said they they paid in more than what their cash value is. Yes. And their death benefits combined, it or it just seems low. Um, it, it it is a set of numbers that if they have had the policies for a reasonably long period of time, uh-huh. don't seem to add up. Yeah. They should have accumulated more. Yeah. Let's um, assume for a moment, um, because we don't know anything to the contrary, that they have not had them for a very long time. And when I say very long time, with life insurance contracts, we see lots of folks who come in with contracts that are 30, 40, (laughs) 50 years old. This might be 10 or 12. And so they've put in more money than you might have been pleased with. Yeah. Uh, if it's 15 years old, they put a thousand bucks in each year for $36,000 of life insurance. Uh, doesn't sound, doesn't sound unreasonable. The cash value is um, modest. One of the reasons uh, or one of the, the results of the cash value being modest is that they can take it out and they pay no income tax. Right, because it's not earnings, right? They put, they put in more that, so they're taking out their cost basis. So it's not taxable. Yeah. So it's not taxable. You can take it out. Now, the question is, should they? Uh, they don't need the money, it appears. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, An additional 8000 is not going to move the needle. No. Um, the kids say, look, we don't need the money. But uh, it's currently worth, to them, walk away 8500 8, It's currently worth to their family 36000 36. Yeah. So my question would be, are you still paying premium? Exactly. I would say don't. Mm. Don't. If, if that's an option, stop paying premiums. Keep it intact so that until so the death benefit's still there. And then that way, if something happens, somebody's getting $36,000 um, that's tax-free. Yeah, I agree with you. Don't. I wouldn't pay premiums. But we audit life insurance policies, and sometimes we look at... If you stop paying the premium, how long will the cash value keep the policy afloat when you look at the dividend it pays, et cetera? So that's something to look at maybe if one more piece of information they want, right? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, An effective life insurance policy audit 
will tell them exactly what they have and and hopefully confirm that they understand it correctly. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't. That's true. Maybe something's not right about those numbers. That's true. Yeah. Um, It will evaluate the company, the -hmm. financial viability of the company. Not all life insurance companies are AAA rated. Right. Some you got to worry about. Uh, It will then give them options. One of the options is just keep doing what you're doing, pay the premiums, and your your kids will get more cash than you're going to get. One of them is to cash it in, walk away, what they're talking about. Another would be uh, what's called reduced paid up, RPU. Uh, We reduce the coverage, the 36,000, down to a number where they make no more premium payments, and the cash value will carry that for the rest of their lives. So maybe it goes down to 25000 hmm. but they make no more premium payments. And instead of 8500 to them, maybe their grandchildren, they change the beneficiaries to their grandchildren, yeah. and they get 25000 Yeah. But that's something you're very, very wise. A life insurance audit. The ability to look at that policy and give you specifically the terms of your policy, the quality of your policy, and your options maintain it, reduce it, maybe increase it. Mm. These are options. And then you pick the one that you feel best. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, one other point, if they took that eight and a half thousand out and invested it, and then it's like grows over their life when they die, that's a taxable inheritance, right? There's going to be inheritance tax on whatever that amount could be. Um, And if they leave it in the life insurance, there's no inheritance tax on that number. Um, there actually is inheritance tax. There's no income tax. No income tax. Right. 833-707-7900. Back to the phones. We have about a minute and a half, so you'll right. talk to. Gary, welcome to the show. How can we help you? Uh, good morning, Alyssa and Gene. How are you doing this morning? We're doing great. Wonderful. Uh, Gene, uh, um, this is a quick question. Last week you had a call, uh, and I think the gentleman asked, what tax bracket to uh, use for his Social Security. You advised him to take the most. And normally my line of thinking is, you know, if if you get a lot of money taken out of whatever, if if it's your income or Social Security, you're more or less loaning the government money. Why did you give him that advice to maximize his Social Security tax bracket? Yeah, it's a fair question, and it's a piece of advice. It's been around since I started as a financial advisor 780 years ago that you should always have your uh, tax return end up with you don't owe anything, you don't get anything back. You dial in your withholdings so that you don't give the government a interest-free loan and you're not being penalized by the government and paying interest on taxes you should have paid in advance. That's That's been the appropriate, I put that in air quotes, uh, financial advice forever. And while financially, uh, if you're looking strictly dollars in, dollars out, that may be absolutely true. From a practical standpoint, the vast majority of our clients fall into the category of, I really hate to get to April and owe a lot of money. So uh, being able to dial it in so precisely that they don't have to write a check is is a bit challenging and one that they'd rather avoid. So my my first line of defense in my recommendation is the vast majority of our folks are far more interested in having a smile on their face in April than a frown. The second piece is that the differential, let's say that the differential is $5,000. 
the vast majority of folks who are uh, paying perhaps a slightly in advance, that money's coming out of what is sadly currently, uh, if it's in the bank, a very low interest environment. So, yes, indeed, if it's a $5,000 bill that you've allowed Uncle Sam to use over time, it's an interest-free loan. But it's money that you might have earned 1% on. You might have earned 50 bucks, And for 50 bucks, they'd rather not have the fuss, the muss, or the hassle. So my interpretation was driven more by the practicalities of how people uh, enjoy, respond, or feel comfortable rather than uh, who's going to make uh, to the dollar uh, more money. So while I understand your recommendation, and it's been the academic recommendation for many years, uh, my experience has been very, very different, and, and, and that, that's what guided my, my, uh, my advice. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I, I thought as much that obviously you want to get it as fine as possible and end up uh, – with zero, if possible, but uh, uh, yeah, I certainly like getting back a little bit anyway than, than knowing five thousand. Okay, well, thank you for your question and clearing that up. Appreciate no, it. No worries, thanks, Gary. Eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene at askmtm.com. After this, on more than money. Abba, one of the best, best of all time. Not every song is sung by Abba. What? 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 <laughs> what? What's that you but say? But cold as ice is accurate. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, J- John has the skill. Mm-hmm. He's got skill. He's picking the songs. He's uh, spinning the tunes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> People don't spin anymore, fella. Calvin Harris. Do they go to the cinema? No. I go to the movies. Sorry. Is it ketchup or ketchup? Ketchup. Of course. Eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. I got an email I want to reference back to real quickly. We were talking about facilities and you remember Elaine's uh, double barreled questions and yes. they were both outstanding. Yes. <sighs> Gonna to She's going to start a business. Send her some royalties or something. <laughs> that is most excellent. Uh, this young lady, uh, young lady, I believe. Yes, young lady writes, uh, very much enjoying your show today. I was, I like to make sure I include the, mm-hmm. the nice words. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she mentions a local care facility and says that they have a benevolent fund. And if you would happen to run out of money, you would not have to leave their facility. That's really powerful. But if you, but you do have to prove you have enough money going in. So mm-hmm. let's assume you're going in and, and they just want to see your financial responsibility. Of course, they're going to do that. Uh, they're being smart. They're, they're being good stewards of their assets and you've got plenty. And then for whatever reason, hopefully because you live a long, wonderful, healthy life, happy, healthy hundred, and you run out of money, they will keep you. Uh, this young lady's mother spent her last years uh, at a facility, uh, a different facility nearby. Beautiful, caring. But if she ran out of money, she would have had to leave. Mm. Mm. Thankfully, there was good financial planning on her part. She lived there until she passed. Uh, mm, and one of her, the things to look at. And right? her last comment, it is a lot of work finding the best place for a parent. God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, one of the things that our community, whether it's um, our audience, our radio audience, our PBS TV show audience, our Blue Ridge Cable TV show audience, uh, or our clients, our client that the clients that we serve in our more than money world headquarters in the Holy lands between Bethlehem or Nazareth. And now in more than money North, uh, in Scioto, uh, the tax team up there and, uh, lots of our financial advisors are up there meeting with clients. And mm-hmm. So we have our, our world headquarters and, uh, and our, uh, Northern office. Um, the, uh, willingness to share experiences, is um, pervasive. Um, this young lady willing to share the experience she had with her mom and her knowledge of these facilities. Uh, in our Invest in You events, I think it's one of the um, maybe maybe unexpected, but not now, of course, but maybe when you design it, you say, we'll get some people together, we'll do some nice things. Mm-hmm. The I think the unexpected I, 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 geez, I'm not really happy with that because maybe you did expect it and, mm-hmm. and you were far wiser than I. Uh, one Probably. Of the, one, one, <laughs> I, Sorry, I, I had to. I opened the door. Yep. It's my own fault. She kicked it in. Sorry, go ahead. It uh, caught me in the chin. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, the, the, the icings on the cake is the interactions with the folks who are there, mm. sharing happiness, sharing stories, asking questions, getting to know each other. Uh, the uh, most recent event, uh, one of my clients, um, uh, they were, she and her husband were in for the review two weeks ago and uh, relates to me her conversation with a young woman mm. during that event and how she was just excited and inspired and energized. Energized is a, a very, very good mm-hmm. word. Uh, and that kind of um, generosity of spirit, it's fabulous. I think when you get together to do something so good uh, and you're there for the right reason, right, and it's, um, it makes you feel good, it, it, you kind of can't help but then spread that positive energy. Um, and everybody's there in the right mindset. So it's sort of like just builds on it. it. I was really uh, happy with the last event at how many people like remembered each other from before and reconnected. And 
Yeah. It, it's, and it's, looked forward to yeah, it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Positive anticipation mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. Hey, um, oh, you know what happens next Tuesday? We get to go to invest in you and we're going to help those. And they tell their friends and they got a little spring in their step. And it's another reason to jump out of bed and grab a quick shower, get your workout. And uh, hey, you know, tonight we're going... Those kinds of, of ripple effects, mm-hmm. they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're just fantastic. Uh, and by the way, it comes back to us as well. Uh, the gentleman that we, we, we went in detail on his social security question. Fred. Mm-hmm. Fred. That, that ripples back to us. When we hung up, I looked at you. You're grinning. I'm mm-hmm. grinning. John was clueless. But the three of us <laughs> <clears throat> really appreciated that. That dynamic, that that back and forth, that interaction, when you come to a positive conclusion, it lifts everybody up. Um, I have lots of those experiences every week, just like you do. We have the opportunity to sit down with somebody who has a question or concern, and then we have a conversation. We teach them something they didn't know. We point out an opportunity, and when you see them go, oh, wow, okay, great, I didn't know that, or I never heard, would have thought of that. Right. It makes me feel so great like that they leave our office with a peace of mind or excitement or relief, whatever it is. Yeah, it's good. We're, um, we're pretty blessed. Mm-hmm. Pretty blessed. Um, okay. I think this young lady is blessed as well. Uh, I am 56, semi-retired. I was a single mom, mother for many years, but I managed to be successful during those 30-plus years working in corporate America. Okay. Good for you. My total net worth is approximately $3.4 million. I would say <laughs> you did pretty well. <laughs> nice nice job. Nice. That includes my home investments and cash. Uh, I'll be writing my final college tuition check at the end of this year. <laughs> You're going to be doing that in about, what, 10 years? Eight, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do not have any debt. I own my car. I do have a mortgage on my home, but it's at three and a half percent. My home is worth eight hundred. The mortgage is three hundred. Okay. I recently married. Hmm. The story was so good right up to there. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like adopting a monkey. You just get I'm getting bringing a guy into the whole mix. She Maybe was doing. He so, makes her happy. Pet monkeys make people happy. <laughs> Golden retrievers make. Me, Bernese Mountain Dogs make people (laughs) (laughs) accurate. Um, Murphy the Mountain. Murphy the Mountain Dog. Yeah, but MTM. Yeah, MTM. Murphy the Mountain Dog. Got it. Um, We have a prenup, trust, will, and other docs. Uh, My my spouse is sixty four now. She is fifty six. Is also semi retired. Receives Social Security widower's pension of approximately fourteen hundred a month. He has no savings to speak of. Uh, we live on approximately 9000 a month from income generated by my small business and my spouse's part-time job. Okay. Okay. My question is whether we are spending too much. And should we begin to consider reducing our expenses so that the money I've worked so hard for lasts the rest of our lives? This is a smart woman. Yeah, she just clearly... She has accomplished a great deal, and she's very thoughtful. Um, When you mention prenup, Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. And they have their estate planning documents done. Perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's not waiting until she's out of money, which sadly too many folks come to us after the 
after the horse is out of the barn yeah. and they want to slam the door shut. <laughs> she wants to make sure that she's in uh, reasonably good shape yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah. So where do we start? Okay. So um, w- first thing uh, I, th- I thought of is, um, so 9000 a month is their income now. And they need to look at what is their um, income going to be when it, it when he st- wants to stop working, if she wants to stop running the business, mm. right? So that's one of the questions is like, you know, what is this business? Is it something that you're going to carry on for a long period of time? Uh, what we need to do is make sure that um, the income that you can count on after that money stops coming in is going to be enough to, to pay the bills. So that's going to be a combination of what are your social security benefits and then um, the amount of your um, assets that you can be used to generate income and whether we can create a sustainable rate of cash flow from that money so that you don't have to worry about depleting it too quickly. Okay. So let's start with, I'm going to make some assumptions and, okay. and then, and then that, that will give us some, yep. uh, some, uh, road markers. Yep. Um, she's going to work for another 10 years. Okay. Um, he's older, so he's going to work for another, well, you know what? He's got his part-time job and it's easy and his social security is modest. So let's say he works another 10 years as well. That will take him to 74. Excellent. So another 10 years, uh, assuming that she has done well, and mm-hmm. it appears she has, mm-hmm. uh, her Social Security benefit should be r- at roughly the top of, of, of the spectrum yeah. at normal retirement age because she'll be 66, right. which will be approximately how much? I don't like 3800 bucks. Yeah, maybe. It's got to be simple math. Okay, 4, So 000. we're going to call it four. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Now, his is 1400 That is not simple math. We're going to reduce that to one. So he's going to get 1000 bucks. I understand that's his widower's pension mm-hmm. or Social Security. His may be larger. Mm. We don't know that. We don't. So we're going to call that one. Yep. So in 10 years, they need 9000 They yep. have 5000 coming through, so they net need four. Yep. Uh, they need roughly then $50,000 a year mm-hmm. in order to add that to their social security. Mm-hmm. We're assuming she gets no pension. She was in the corporate world. There's a very real chance she may, but let's assume not. So she has her social security, his social security at a reduced rate. And um, we have this gap. Yeah. Assuming that, that they want to keep spending 9,000. Right. Um, that That's not etched in stone, but we'll make that assumption. So for the next 10 years, they're, they're making, they're doing, yep. life is grand. Yep. Uh, now we're at a point where we need to start drawing. Let's assume, uh, again, you, you understand why. <laughs> she, she says she has $3.4 million, including her home. Right. And her home is worth approximately eight hundred. Um, but that that makes the math way too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so right now she has two million dollars of investable assets. Yep. Is is that going to be enough? Yes. To produce fifty thousand dollars. Yes. So we like to use for these simple math examples. Simple. Rough, yeah, simple. We like to use that four percent number, right? So you can draw four percent from your assets 
every year for a normal retirement timeline, which at this point, the, the, the scenario you just painted would be a normal retirement timeline. So mm-hmm. if you need 50000 a year, you can do you can take that if that's 4% of $1.2 million, you're good. So if she has two now right. and you assume it's invested in a reasonable way, mm-hmm. it's going to be more. More. Not less. Mm. So <laughs> 4% on $2 million is more than she needs. She, in 10 she years, need- it might be $4 million. Yeah, now for 10 years for it to be $4 million, she's going to have to average an annual mm, rate 10%. of return of 7%. 7%, right, every, yeah, every 10 years. That's not dreadful. No, it's not. It's but not. let's say she doesn't. Okay. Let's say that it's less, and instead of going from 2 to 4, it goes from 2 to 3, and which means she's probably averaged 5, 5 and a quarter. Yeah. She hasn't added any new money. Yeah. We're assuming that she's spending every dime. We're not saving anything additionally. Yep. We're also assuming that we're not using the equity in the home. We're also mm-hmm. assuming that there's another five or 600,000 bucks in the bank just in case. Emergency funds. Emergency funds. Five or 600 grand. That's a pretty reasonable emergency fund. That's quite an emergency that you may have to face. <laughs> but if she goes from, again, two to three, at normal retirement age and draws 4%, mm-hmm. uh, she can draw, are you sitting down? No, are you, are you, dri- are you driving? Go ahead, I'll you, be okay. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> $120,000 a year, yeah. 10000 a month, yeah. which is more. Uh, way more than double. We only needed four. We needed four. Yeah. Now, there are folks out there who are listening going, oh, but but you keep saying 4%, 4%, 4%. What, what if she doesn't get 4%? Uh, okay, pump your brakes. Uh, there are uh, techniques, there are strategies, there are products, there are investments that will provide a guaranteed 4%. Yep. Guaranteed 4%. There are products that for an investor at age 66 would guarantee for the rest of her life a 6, six or 7%. Six exactly. Yeah. Um, rate of return for the rest of her life. So she needs 50 and it guarantees 6%. She needs $1.8 million to be guaranteed to never run out of money. And that leaves her $1.2 million for fun. <laughs> it leaves her the other $600,000 emergency fund. And you want to talk about icing on the cake. Um, if it's a $300,000 mortgage at three and a quarter, she's got to be spending, I'm picking a thousand bucks a month, probably closer to 2000 a month on her mortgage. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to last forever. Right. It's going to go away at some point. And then all of a sudden <laughs> she's got an extra thousand bucks a month. So is she... In a position where she should worry? No. No. Um, as um, as successful as she has been, and she has, what a success That's story. That's remarkable, That really. is remarkable, she's truly. A sing- as a single mom, to be oh. able to do what she's done. Impressive. It's not easy. No. And often, probably done without anybody on the sidelines saying, boy, yeah. congratulations, well done, we're so proud of you. Maybe the kids, hopefully the kids, and, and especially now grown. So hopefully they're going, Mom, what a great job you did. But if they're not, we are. 
Mom, what a great job you did. You have done such amazing things. Very, very impressive. Uh, the kind of story that lots of other people should hear. The kind of story that young women who have had some struggles should hear. The young women that sadly maybe went through a divorce should hear. Uh, young men should hear this. Hey, uh, it's too hard. Yeah, really? Seriously? Yeah, try getting up at 5 in the morning to take care of your children, making sure that they're safe, sound, well-dressed, off to school, well-fed, uh, all the laundry's done, the groceries are in the refrigerator, and then go to work and work your off and do it so incredibly well that you can build a tremendous net worth. And by the way, when you get home, yeah, you don't get to sit down. You get to take care of the kids because there's no partner there assisting you with any of that. So kids get sick, you're the one taking them to the doctor. Uh, kids have sports, you're the one taking them to sports. And she's accomplished so much and then been so thoughtful about how she's progressed with her marriage. Um, powerful stuff. Yeah. Powerful stuff. You're in good shape. Uh, she is indeed. Uh, let me make sure. Yeah, I think we have enough time. A uh, young lady writes, uh, as per my parents' will, my brother and I will split their inheritance 50-50. This includes the family house. I would like to keep the house and the family for my children as I bought my current home nearby to be able to care for my parents as they age. So mom and dad live yep. here. Mm -hmm. She lives very close so that she could be there for them. And she'd like to keep that family home so that when she's in their position, the kids can live there and be close to her. Do the kids want that? Yeah, that's a different <laughs> question. Yeah. Uh, I understand the best time to sell a home is soon after inheriting it to avoid capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe. Uh, the issue is my brother is single and currently living in the house, and he may not want to sell his portion right away. I would be happy to let him live in the house that we jointly own. I worry he may decide to sell his half and I'll have to take a financial hit or that he'll get married and live in the home with his family, which may complicate matters. How do I ensure my interests in the home are protected while making sure I do right by my brother? Oh, boy. <laughs> Solomon. Do we have King Solomon here? <laughs> Cut the baby in half. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, that's complicated for sure. That's complicated. Uh, I, I have to say, I'm feeling a little sense of the entitlement. Like what I want for this house is for my kids to be able to live there. But guess what? It's not all about you. <laughs> and at the same time, now we have this complication of the brother living there. Uh, I don't like this one. I don't know what I, I want to hear what you have to say. You're, you're punting. I yeah, say I don't, as, uh, she uh, has dropped back. The yeah, ball is in the I, air. I, I don't like this. <laughs> um, the, the ray of hope that I have for this situation <laughs> comes in the last line. I want to do right by my brother. And uh, there's the word entitlement. You're right. Is there. Um, and, and I think it's driven by her statement that I bought a house near my parents so I could take care of them. Now, what's interesting is brother lives at home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so question is, is brother actually actively participating in caring for the parents? Do the parents even need care? 
Uh, clearly, the parents have not passed. Right. Um, so, first and foremost, it, it isn't your call. Right. Second of all, if you if you want to have some influence, um, the the key here will be communication. Uh, you're going to need to speak. Um, uh, the, all of you are going to need to sit around a table, maybe with either an estate planning attorney and a, an accountant or a financial advisor as as kind of the referee um, or or third party. Uh, just to help guide the conversation as as to what's reasonable and what isn't. Um, but getting all that out on the table, mm-hmm. uh, instead of you guessing whether your brother is going to want to live there, you'll find out. My brother may very well say, if mom and dad are gone, I don't want to live here. Problem solved. If mom and dad are gone and we split the estate and the, the house is um, 400000 and and I, I, I get two hundred, you get two hundred, but the rest of the estate is four hundred thousand, and I get two hundred, and you get two hundred. You can buy his interest out, and the problem is solved. It can be very, very simple. Yep. If, on the other hand, your brother says, "Bullshit! I have no interest in leaving. I shall never leave. You'll never get me out, no matter how many ox." No. Bottom line is, uh, then you can look at the inverse. And the brother will, if it's a $400,000 house, owe you $200,000 to buy you out, mm-hmm. which may very well be able, uh, enable you to buy not your family home, but a another home. A different one that's nearby. That's nearby. Yep. So it's going to be very, very important that you engage your parents. Um, once they have in, uh, indicated they are willing, because it's their money, they might tell you to go <laughs> in the hat, you know, just yeah, take off, buddy. Because uh, it's none of your business. We'll do what we do. Um, but if they are willing and, and you can all sit down, I think you will find you can develop a relationship right? and, and a solution that will meet everybody's needs. Yeah, she, Bless her. Bless she her. worried a little yeah, far in advance. Maybe a little premature yeah, worrying. Yeah. Uh, we got to go. If you have questions <laughs> we can help with, uh, make sure you uh, check out our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Make sure you send me emails. Gene at askmtm.com and give us a call 610-746-7007 610-746-7007 thank you so much for being part of our show stay safe very cold out there be with us next week right here on more than money